0: have you ever wondered why we even talk about missions? Why even worry about sharing the gospel with the rest of the world? Why is it necessary that people know about Christ? Why is Jesus the only way? You know, we we heard from two, two missionary couples today that have dedicated their lives to reaching the world for Christ. So many of you came out yesterday to reach our neighborhood for Christ, and we went to every door and So many great responses from neighbors, and we're seeing an impact in our own community within feet of our church. But why do we do all that? Last week, Pastor Andrew shared with us about the love of God. And and some people say, well, because of the love of God, we don't have to do all of that. Because God just loves everybody. And so everybody's saved. He would never punish sin. But that's outside of His character. And so today we talk about His next attributes, His righteousness and His justice, which bring us to the need for Christ, bring us to the need of sharing Christ with the lost world and with lost neighbors, with lost family members, with lost co-workers. But God's righteousness and justice are sometimes difficult topics to talk about. Sometimes things we don't want to hear about. Today we'll introduce them. Next week we'll explore them a little bit further. While back in an editorial in the Wall Street Journal, the, the author wrote, People want to be lightly governed by strong governments. Let me repeat that. People want to be lightly governed by strong governments. And the idea is, we want a government that can handle all the bullies. Just like we want dad to handle all the bullies, right? We want, when we're growing up, dad's the strong one. You you defend the family, you handle all the bullies, but we want to be lightly governed. Don't don't be that way with me, Dad. In government, oh no no, take care of all the bad guys, but give me what I want, let me do what I want, and so we 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 have this idea from the start, and it's our, our sinful nature, that somehow we are exempt from God's justice from God's outworking of His righteousness on humankind. And so, yes, go get them, God. They deserve it. But I don't. And so we come to this subject, a heavy subject, with, with some baggage of, well, I don't deserve God's wrath, but the rest of the world does. And as long as we come to His attributes in that way, we will miss His love. And we will miss the power of His grace. And we will miss the power of His mercy. And we will miss appreciating our relationship with Him. See, we don't want a God that's fair sometimes. We want a God that's fair to everyone else. But God is always righteous. And He's always just. Turn to Psalm 89 with me, please. Psalm 89.14. Again, like, like we have throughout this series, we'll look at a number of passages, but this is a short verse that introduces the topic today, and we'll go through some definitions and some couple of initial thoughts about God's righteousness and justice, and then we'll explore next week how that works out with God's love, and how that works out with Christmas and God's gift. But Psalm 89, verse 14, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne steadfast love and faithfulness go before you that's it short verse powerful verse as it proclaims who god is and in several of his attributes in two short sentences righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne they are essential to you being sovereign god they are essential to your ability to rule. You take away God's righteousness. You take away His justice. You take away His rule. And so the psalmist says righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. But it's paired with steadfast love and faithfulness. Two other attributes. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. And throughout Scripture, we see a pairing of God's steadfast love and His righteousness and justice. And we can never explore one without exploring the other. That's the mistake so many heresies make is we only focus on God's love or we only focus on God's justice and wrath. And when we do that, we don't understand either. And we lose both. And so today we want to start talking about righteousness and justice. The word for righteousness in, in, our, in our usage has all kinds of connotations. Sometimes we think of righteousness as holiness Sometimes we, we think of it as godly living, and, and while those are true to a point, we'll be talking about God's holiness separately. In the Bible, righteousness and justice both come from the same words, same root words, with a little bit of nuance between them. And righteousness meant to be straight, to be correct, rightness It's a great way of remembering it, righteousness, rightness says God is right. He is correct. When I think of um, straightness, you think of following a certain path, following a standard. And the idea for righteousness is adhering to some sort of standard. Yesterday as we're walking around the, the houses, I took a couple of, of cards that I thought were right next to each other because they were on the same street. And, and it was the furthest street that way. And so we're walking out there, and we're walking down the street, and, and Susie's going through the the, um, the addresses, the kids are getting a little tired, and none of them were on the street on this one card. Turns out that I had taken two cards on, on opposite ends of our neighborhood, and, and so we're we're finding some here and some over here, the kids are like, Dad, why are you doing this to us? We're having to wind all over to get to where you're going. I wasn't straight. I didn't adhere to a standard of what I thought I was doing of picking houses on the same street. And so we ended up wandering all over the place. We're familiar with standards, aren't we? At at work, does your boss give you standards? And you're expected to adhere to those standards. If you're dealing with customers, some of the standards might be the customer is always right. Some of you are shaking your heads. (laughs) Okay, maybe not. But, but that may be what your boss tells you. And that's a standard that they expect you to live up to. They may say you need to treat your customers with respect. And that's a standard that they expect you to live up to. That's what righteousness is. It's a standard that we're to live up to, that we're to adhere to. Now when we understand that this is God's righteousness, now that standard is based on His character. And so our standard for righteousness, for God's righteousness, is to live up to God's moral character. How are you doing on that? As soon as we define it that way, it's like, wow. Wow. And we start to realize how great and how good God is, as these are attributes of his goodness. And we start to realize how much we need him. Definition for God's righteousness there. God's righteousness means that God always does what is right, always conforms to his law, which is the standard, and is himself the final standard of what is right. Because his law comes from his character. God's righteousness means that God always does what is right, always conforms to his law, and is himself the final standard of what is right. What is right? Whatever conforms to his character. Yet another, another proof that God is not the author of sin and cannot author sin. Because if He asked us to do something that was outside of His character, it wouldn't be sin. It wouldn't be righteous. So God's righteousness is what is morally and ethically right in light of His character. Now God's justice is just a slightly different nuance. and I think one of the easiest ways to, to understand how they're often used in Scripture, because they do overlap in, in 90% of their usage... But in the 10% that doesn't overlap, justice has to do with how God's righteousness affects his relationship with us. So righteousness is more internal, who he is in his character. Justice says, I'm going to hold you to it. And if I'm just, I will reward you when you're righteous and I will discipline and punish you when you're not. So it's his outworking of his righteousness as he deals justly with his people. Definition in your notes, God's justice is the expression of His righteousness as He requires all to adhere to His standards of rightness and rewards or punishes accordingly. Righteousness is the test. It's the standard that we take. Justice is God's correcting of the test and giving a grade. And so, when we hear this, we should start to have a little bit of fear and trembling because we know we fall short of God's righteousness. And so, just to, just to help us out, I want to give you all three of the main points. Not that we're, we're not planning to do all of them today, but they're all important to be seen together. The first main point in your notes, point number one, is God is always right and always just. God is always right and always just. Point number two, God's justice requires that evil be dealt with. It's dealt with through God's wrath. God's justice requires that evil be dealt with. And that is God's wrath. And number three that we're not going to talk about today, that's next week, but it's important to see it in the context, that God has provided what He demands. God has provided what we could not. His Son, Jesus Christ. And so He has provided what He demands. So how do we understand? And and let's explore God's righteousness and justice just for a few minutes this morning. You're in Psalms already and in several verses in Psalms. Flip over to Psalm 145.17. Just a little bit to your right there. Psalm 145.17. Point number one is God is always right and always just. He always conforms to His law. There is no variance. There is no shifting. He always conforms to His law. Psalm 145.17 The Lord is righteous in all His ways. Not just some of His ways. Not just on days that are the first half of the week. The Lord is righteous in all His ways and kind in all His works. God is always right and always just. We put a number of verses in your notes again for study throughout the week. Um, It's a great chance for you in your quiet times to take the notes and look up the verses and explore it deeper. Psalm 92.15 gives us the other side of it. If he's always righteous, Psalm 92.15 says to declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. And it says the same thing, but it helps my mind sort of get it a little bit more. He's always righteous in what He does, and there is no unrighteousness in Him at all. Not even a speck. And so God always does what is right. Moody Bible Dictionary has a great definition for the righteousness and justice of God. The justice of God means that God is entirely correct and just in all His dealings with humanity. Maybe you've seen a sign at at a workplace. And Don, I don't know if you have those slides up. Um, Maybe you've seen a sign that looks something like this. Rule number one. The boss is always right and just. Those of you that work here at the church. um. (laughs) Hey, hey. (laughs) Rule number two. If the boss is wrong, see rule number one. And we laugh about it, we joke about it, because we know this isn't true, right? But, it gives us a framework for understanding the righteousness and justice of God. Don, if you can go to the next slide. Rule number one, God is always right and just. God is always right and just. Rule number two, if God appears wrong or unjust, see rule number one. See rule number one. We'll talk about that. The first rule... God is always right and just. A couple of of ways to, to flesh that out a little bit. God's laws and commands are perfect as He is. So if God always does what is right and He's always just, then His laws and commands are also right laws and commands. It's the standard that we live to. Psalm 19 is a wonderful passage about the law of the Lord. Turn over there. Psalm 19, verse 8. And it's part of a larger section. These are two verses out of a larger section that I encourage you to read. The precepts of the Lord are right. You see that word right? Same root as righteous. The precepts of the Lord are right. They're correct. Rejoicing the heart. Imagine for a minute if they weren't right. If they weren't correct. What would that do to your heart? See, these phrases are tied together. If we had no guarantee that God was right and just and giving us commands that were right, there's no joy. There's no ability to follow that. And so God, the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And righteous altogether. Every instruction God gives in His Word is true. Every instruction He gives in His Word is right. And every time we we ignore what He has written here, every time we go our own way and think we know better, we are guaranteed it is wrong. Because it's varying from the standard. Rule number one, God is always right and just. His actions are always in accord with the law He established. God's justice, second bullet point there, God's justice means He gives people what they truly deserve. And this is the one that I would love to white out and ignore and say isn't true. God's justice means He gives people what they truly deserve. He gives to everyone what is due them. And, And we're setting up he understanding this is a foundation to understanding the need for a savior and why Jesus had to come and why he had to die on the cross because someone had to take what we truly deserve. God's righteousness does not allow him to ignore what we deserve. Just as we would never ignore it with our children, just as we would never ignore it with each other, his righteousness Gives people what they deserve. Both good and bad. Both rewards and punishment. In Revelation 16, verse 5, and I'll read this to you. And I heard the angel in charge of the waters say, Just are you, O Holy One. You see, it's justice. Who is and who was. For you brought these judgments. For they have shed the blood of the saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. And we read verses like this and we're like, Whoa that's God. God is just. He is righteous. And we tremble before him. You have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve. And then the response, and I heard the altar saying, yes, Lord God, the almighty, true and just are your judgments. The end of Ecclesiastes, the last verse says, For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. And so when we we read verses like that, we're left with the question, how are we still here? How are we even still alive? How has God had enough patience, and we'll talk about God's patience as another attribute, how has He had enough patience to let us live, to bring us a Savior, to send His Son in that manger? to die on that cross. And it's because of His love and His justice and His righteousness. Rule number two there, if He appears wrong or unjust, refer to rule number one. It's our error, not His. It's our error, not His. See, if God appears unjust, it's not that He's unjust. It means we aren't seeing the full picture. We haven't seen everything that's going on. Turn to Psalm 73, verse 11. Psalm 73, verse 11. And they say, how can God know? And the psalmist here is interacting with perceived injustice. Life isn't working out the way it should. Psalm 73, 11. And they say, how can God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the wicked, always at ease. They increase in riches. You know, they say crime doesn't pay, right? But we can look around all over and see crime paying. We can see evil paying. And that's what the author is seeing. Behold, these are the wicked, always at ease. They increase in riches. All in vain have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence. For all the day long I have been stricken and rebuked every morning. Jumping to verse 16. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task. Until I went into the sanctuary of God then I discerned their end. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I discerned their end. Then I saw the last chapter of the book. Then I saw God is just all along and He is working His plan. His plan of love and mercy and grace and righteousness and justice all together. See, if we're struggling with situations where we think God is unjust, where we think God isn't fair, we have to remember a few things. The justice of God must not be evaluated on a short-term basis. I can look at a situation today and say, God's unjust. He's outside of time looking at all of of history, all of the future, at the same time, and He is perfectly just. The problem isn't with His unrighteousness. The problem is with, with my lack of perspective. See, God's sovereignty is allowing it now. His plan is allowing the injustice for now that we perceive that isn't really an injustice, but He's allowing it for now for the greater good of God's glory. For the greater good of God's glory. That person that you may be frustrated with and why isn't God striking them dead? Or why isn't God judging them in some way? Maybe God is bringing people into their lives that are showing them who Jesus Christ is and maybe this is part of God's plan for their eternal soul to be in heaven with Him. How dare we then complain that He is unjust and unrighteous? I encourage you to read the Ezekiel passage sometime where God says, you call me unjust? Let me tell you the truth. You're the ones that are unjust. You have no clue. So rule number one God is always right and just rule number two if he appears that he is not refer to rule number one he hasn't changed his word hasn't changed in the next couple of weeks we'll look at his wrath his justice that comes from his wrath we'll look at then his solution through his son Jesus Christ but know today that God is just and God is righteous And you can trust everything He says. And our lack of adhering to that standard is solved through belief in Jesus Christ. And He reconciles ourselves to Himself through His blood on the cross. Lord God, our Father, we thank You for the satisfaction of Your wrath through Your Son on the cross. As we come to Christmas, understanding that brings so much more meaning to a baby in the manger who was God Almighty. But I pray that we would tremble at your righteousness and on our knees come to you in surrender and reverence and worship because you have given us the greatest gift that could ever be given. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.